Good morning. It's a good day. It's a good day to talk about going. So we are blessed to be in a church that's always going. I hope you guys give thanks for that. Um, I would not want to uh, be under leadership that every single Sunday said, come, here, because it's about us, right? We need to be fed. We need stuff. We need, and there's a lot of conversation about it being us. I'm grateful we go to a church where we have leadership that has said, let's go. The Bible says a lot about going. Um, there's a lot of personal goes in the Bible. Uh, in Genesis 7, Noah was told, go into the ark. Can you guys imagine that packing trip? Like packing for that. No, you're going to need everything, everything. Pack everything. Abraham, go into the land. I will show you. For some of you, that would be an, imp an impossible packing trip. You're like, well, where am I going? Where, what do I need? Do I need a, a party dress? Am I going to need my high heel shoes? Am I, what am I going to need? You know, Abraham was just like, go. I'll show you. Um, Moses, go. And then he gets told what to bring. The Israelites. Can you imagine? Go, bring the Israelites. Well, there was quite a few of those Israelites. Exodus 14, you can read all about that go. Go, your faith has healed you. Mark 10, that blind guy had to go and face a whole new world seeing instead of just feeling. He had to see the good, the bad, the ugly. Go. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor. Matthew 19, 21. The rich guy wants to, he answered the altar call, yes, please, what do you need for me? And Jesus' response was like, be poor. Go. Sell. What was the word he used? Everything. Not so that you can go reinvest in something cool like Bitcoin or something like that. I don't know if that's cool anymore, but not that you can go and find out how to get richer. Give to the poor. What do you mean? I'm going to be poor if I give to the poor. I don't know what Jesus was thinking. He said, go. And then there was this big corporate go. And the corporate go defines what's going on here for us. The corporate go said, go 
not to church on Sunday morning, which is very good, but go into all the world, not into your favorite thing you like to do. Well, I want to do, a, I want to do crafts for my missions because I like crafts. Or I want to, no, all the world. And then it gives you your reason and make disciples. And that was the corporate go. The simple purpose of the church, and I want you guys to understand the purpose of church. Why do we come to an appointed place and time every single week? Well, the reason we do that is to provide us with a spiritual address. My spiritual address is 15 Cape Road. This is where I submit to spiritual authority so that they can challenge me, they can give me guidance, they can give me purpose. And by the way, did you know that your pastor has to stand before God and give an account for your soul? So when he asks you how you're doing spiritually, he's not being nosy because half the time he really doesn't want to know. He's like, oh, oh, wow. Yikes. Like, ooh, how much of that can I take? But he's got to stand before God. He's got to say, yeah, John has been struggling with, you know, God, help him through that. And he has to give an account for his leadership, just like Moses did. Moses was charged to lead the children of Israel, and God expected him to lead the children of Israel. And if you notice in the Bible where the children of Israel started getting a little snarky, they started like, hmm, what? He wants us to eat this manna? He wants us to... And then if you read about it, it's not good what happened to those folks. Just telling you. Read your Bible, you'll find out. The simple purpose of the church is to give us an address to live our life with spiritual authority for them to challenge to give us guidance, to give us purpose, and to create a place from which to be equipped with a corporate go. We need to come together so that we can hear the same go. That's why we get here together, to hear the same go. As a spiritual home, this is the place that we gather the tools from which to go. This is where your pastor equips you. If you read the word where it talks about some of you have one spiritual gift, maybe you are uh, called by God to be a giver, or you're called by God, you know, you learn to make money and then you give that money. Maybe you're called by God to be a servant. You're called to be a person who who notices needs, and you're very merciful. All the gifts that God has placed in the church, your pastor and the team that God has given you as leaders, their role is to equip you not to sit in this building and figure out how to be the head honcho in the building, but to send you out. It's a place where you can raise children 
who can be sent out. That's the purpose of the church. We need tools, and sometimes we need tools because what we're facing in our corporate go means potential discomfort. Sometimes going means going into the potential unknown, like poor Abraham. Go? What do you mean go? Will you be the father of the whole nation? What? I'm going to go? I don't know where I'm going. I've had a million times where people have come to serve at Compassion New England, and they get there, and they're like, what are we doing? And we're like, just do this one thing. No, I want to know the big picture. No, no, no. Just do this one thing. And all the one things will work together for the big thing. Going means finding the broken that are along the highways of life. You know, you're, you're, you're going to walk along the highway of life and you're headed to your church meeting like those guys who walked by the broken man that the robbers had destroyed on the side of the road and they just were headed to be big shots in a church. And so they didn't have time to stop and help the guy along the side of the road because obviously they were headed to a board meeting at church or they were headed to choir practice or I don't know where they were going, but going means you notice the broken along the side of the road as you're going, just like the Good Samaritan did. Going means stopping to bind up the broken. And you know what else? Sometimes going means paying the bills. It means you got to reach into your back pocket, take out your, your funds that you had set aside for yourself, and you got to pay for someone who's broken, who needs to be bound up, who needs more than just a prayer, Dear Lord, please heal this man who's by the side of the road that's been beaten and broken and whose body is completely destroyed. Give him your grace. Amen. Go in peace. Does that work? Nope. The Samaritan had to pick him up. Get him somehow to the place where he could say, I'm going to give you some money. This is going to be a process. Here's the money for this person to be healed. It's my money. I'm giving it. I did not call the church and go, hey, uh, yeah, there was a guy on the side of the road. And um, you know the benevolence fund? Could you please? Could you please give that guy the money to take care of all of his broken bones? And Nope. He took the money out of his own pocket. He gave and he made a difference in that one person's life. It means engaging in truth-telling. You cannot go when all of us are under the impression that what we are bringing is what is needed. Sometimes the pastor has to say, no, don't bring that. That's not going to meet the need. 
So what do we need to go? Ephesians says us, so take everything the master has set out for you. Well-made weapons of the best materials. God's word is filled with instructions about how to get ready for a battle. Now, I, I want you guys to meet my friend. His name is Gary Get Going. Meet Gary Get Going. He is so excited. He's enthused about his call to the mission strip. Yep, we're going on a mission strip. We are going to uh, build a crisis center that was destroyed by a tornado. Hey, Gary, how's Hello. it going? I am so excited to get going. Oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. I think I got everything I need. Okay. I think I brought all my stuff. I got my worship music and my headphones. Oh. Need that. Okay. Oh, wait. Remember they had asked us not to bring our headphones or anything like that because we're going to be listening to the corporate like music of Maverick City Worship. Uh, because they had made a list for us. Yeah, it's a, I need my worship uh, because I, can, I cannot listen to this uh, so-called contemporary worship music. Oh. No, that, is, that is not going to cut it. I need, oh. but for me, worship is the Gaither's vocal band. Oh, yeah. oh. the yeah, Gaither's. I need that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I brought my own because, you know, yeah, I can't, that's, it's so, t today it's so much like entertainment and it's not worship, you know, I need, what? I need worship. Yeah. When I get up in the morning, I need my Jesus juice, you know, oh. and that's what Gaither's okay. vocal band is for me in the morning. Jesus like juice. Drinking some Jesus juice, oh. you know, and I, so I, I need that. And also I've, one of these songs I have been practicing and I am bringing some special music where what? we're going. Oh yeah. Because he lives, oh. I can face oh, okay. tomorrow. Oh. oh, Gary, um, remember, like they, do, we're going there. The whole thing is, we're going to be rebuilding that crisis center that got blown down by the tornado. Oh, yeah. yeah, and a lot of other people there, they don't, they don't have anything. All so right. we need to be rebuilding. Oh, I, think I, I mean, got my stuff. Okay, so what do you got? Because oh, like, I, I have a list of things. Your, your job was to, let me see what they asked you to bring. I got my uh, suit. Work clothes. Oops. I got, oh, I better not wrinkle this. Oh, what, yeah, what do got, you have a suit for? Well, you know, um, I'm hoping to find some opportunities to teach and preach, you know. Oh. It's got to look good. So I got, <laughs> you know. I got a couple shirts to go oh. with. Oh, wait, those are not, well. like they ask us to bring work and then, clothes and... You know, well. Oh wait, um, those are like really fancy shirts and. Well, I gotta look. I don't know how my we're gonna. Fake your whole page is gonna blow up when they see me in oh. my suit. Up oh, there. oh yeah, my goodness. Just, well, I mean, what are you gonna you know, preach you about? You gotta look the. I mean, you gotta. Oh the no. Patent leather. You I were supposed to bring boots. They said it's very muddy there boots and. Boots don't look good on the, oh. the pictures. So. Oh. Yeah, I think I'll be... Oh, wait, what is this? Oh, what is this? this? Don't let anyone put you last. 
how you can protect yourself from others' needs. I have been studying that. A new bestseller by Sarah Selfish? Yeah, she's the best. Oh, wow. So this is some self-help stuff that I just can't wait to teach. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, this is, ha- have this you is been world- reading this? Oh yeah, I've been studying this hard. This is yeah. this is world class. Oh wow! Yep. You're gonna bring that? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna uh, teach. Oh, but they asked us. Remember this emissions trip, and they asked us to bring each of us. And um, on my list here, it says Gary, get going is bringing the socks to replace all the socks that got blown away in the tornado. Snack? So is that what this is? No. Not snacks, socks. Oh, I thought it said snacks. I got, you know, I can't, I know I'm going to hate the food where we're going. Oh, these aren't snacks for anyone else? No, no, these are for me. I got to have my stuff. Obviously, I am very careful about what goes into this body. So I I can see that, you know, that's just who I am. Yeah. So I need my stuff. If they, you know, try to serve anything weird, I got Skinny Pop. Oh. And, but in the morning with my Jesus juice, got my Fruity Pebbles. Okay. Gotta, don't leave home without that. And then, you know, Cheez-Its because, well, what is everybody this? likes Cheez-Its. And this is the go-to. The, you got to have some Tostitos. Oh. You know, and hopefully the dip, whatever... I can dip that in, isn't too weird. Oh, um, but sometimes yeah. missions trips so, have some weird food. I'm so are the go. socks underneath this or mm, couldn't fit it in? No, or? yeah, they keep, they limit our packing. Yeah. I, so I you only packed like, what you needed? Well, I can't like, and they're going to serve weird stuff. I got to have this. Oh, wow, Gary. Well, anyway, the bus is about to leave, so I guess, okay, I mean, yeah, so, I don't know. I feel bad about the socks. And but. I got my, my clubs, too, right? Like, I, so I was looking, although there was that tornado, there are a couple good golf courses nearby that are Okay. Open. And I am just, if I don't get in some me time on the course, I'm not going to be good for whatever that mm. crisis center or whatever, yeah. Uh, okay, so, Gary. Well, I guess you're going to have to get going. All right. Um, let's get going. Yeah. All mm. right. Well, um, yeah. Going. I guess you're going to enjoy that little trip. Now, you know, obviously, Gary Get Going um, struggled with uh, understanding the purpose and his mission, right? Um, you know, Gary, Gary thought that when you go, you go to um, be elevated. That it's about, you know, getting to do something he's always wanted to do. For instance, singing. And I'm going to be honest with you. Your gift will make room for you. If you think you can sing, but people don't ask you to sing, It's probably because you cannot sing. And we don't want to listen to you sing. Singing's not the only gift God gives people. And if you think that when you go, it's about you having a chance to preach or teach, 
I will explain this very carefully to you. 99% of going into all the world and preaching the gospel is about cleaning toilets. It's about waiting patiently while someone else does their process. It's about watching as people slowly begin to allow the Holy Spirit into their life to make a difference. Going is not about you. It never has been and it never will be. And when the church makes going about their individual desires to do something, the problem is conflict begins to arise in the church. People start getting little hurt feelings. Well, I've been in that church for a long time and, you know, I have this wonderful gift and they never ask me to do it. And you know, then you start to be snarky like those Israelites did for poor Moses, trying to lead those people into a promised land. And by the way, they didn't get there for a long time, and it wasn't Moses' fault. I'm just saying. <laughs> Colossians tells us that as God's chosen people, we're to gather some tools to go. We're to clothe ourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, with patience. Now, compassion is more than seeing a need. It's not a feeling. Compassion's not a feeling. It's not you going, oh, I'm so moved, I just... I just love watching those videos because I just feel so moved by it. I will tell you, no one on a video is helped when you are watching it and all you do is cry. When Sandy Blatchley comes and you see the phenomenal need in the Philippines, and it is need like you can, I can't even describe the need. When I was there, kids with worms coming out of their gums because they are walking without shoes in sewer water and they, they, get, they get horrible, uh, terrible um, consequences of that in a variety of ways. Me being moved by that doesn't do one thing for those kids. Compassion's not you being moved because compassion's not about you. It's not about your favorite thing that makes you feel the most favorite sadness. Compassion is a purposed response to a need. It's why when I go to the blessing barn and I walk in the door of the blessing barn, I do not say, you know, I want to meet just crisis center needs. I just, I feel like God's called me to just serve the folks that come in the door and have, if Shana was the kind of person who said, you know, uh, my role is crisis center and I'm going to just meet crisis center needs. Well, the way we meet the crisis center needs is to sell stuff. So there's a lot going into selling stuff. And then while we're selling stuff, guess what happens sometimes? This is what I spent my day yesterday doing. 
unplugging the toilet that our guests use, trying to make it flush, and in and out all day long, reaching my hand down behind that tank, pulling up that little thing. I don't understand it. It doesn't work really good. I'm not sure what the solution is to it, but I spent my day doing that because the guests wanted to use the toilet. And the guests who want to use the toilet are who were buying the stuff that means it possible for Shana to go and meet with people who are in need and say, yes, we can help that need. Compassion is not feeling something. It is not feeling something. When Jesus talked about compassion, the Bible says that he was, do you know what the word is? What? Moved is the most go word I know. Not who moved. No, he was moved. And then he did something. When we are sitting here and sitting here and sitting here, signing up for classes we like, talking about things we like to talk about. When we're sitting in this service on a Sunday morning and we walk in the door and we have our friends and we want to talk to our friends and there's someone who has been attending this church and you never, ever look around to see who needs a hello, who might need you when you leave things like small groups because you're not being fed or you have a... a a snarky view of something that happens. You don't go and chat with somebody about it. You don't share how things could get better. You're not understanding the corporate call to go because we have to go together. When we're going in little, tiny little streams and we have our own little opinions, I know a little something about them and you don't... And I'm not going to go with them. If they're going, I'm going to go over here. And, you know, it's the call to being one that is at the core of going. How can we go as a fractured group? And then the Word teaches us that kindness is the spirit that we have to go in. We have to clothe ourselves with kindness. And, and the humility is the reason we go. We say, I will do anything with my body. I will be a living... Wait, wait, what? Sacrifice? Or maybe take up my... And, and lead? Take up my cross and lead everyone. Take up my cross and follow. Take up my cross and follow. And the whole idea of the cross and sacrifice, what happens on a cross? What do you do? What do you do on a cross? Hate to tell you, but that's what's going to happen. The whole idea of a cross is about death. And you know what gets resurrected? The new man. Because the old guy's got to die. 
and we're in a war. I always tell our kids in chapel, we're, with, we're in a war against sin, and we're going to win. And if we don't understand that our personal call is to go as a corporate voice, we will not discipline the sin in us that keeps us from having a response corporately. When we start to dislike the people we are serving with, when we start to get our nose all in little, you know, mm, those people, and they, oh, the devil has so much fun. He's like, hello, you just joined my team. Okay, gentleness is the method that we're to go with. And the word gentle really, it means that we understand we're not supposed to hurt. But have you ever had to do things for someone's good that maybe didn't feel like, have you ever had to deal with your kid, take out a splinter? Got to get the splinter out but they don't think you're being gentle. Patience is the required tool, though. Now, for me, going has often required having a conversation with myself, truth-telling to me. It's a, hey, Sherry, check your spirit. Check your motive. Check what you think is important. Check your approach. Check your method and demanding patience as God is doing his work. I want you to meet a friend of mine. Come on up, grab your mic. It's my friend, Deborah Neer. I met Deb, um, really uh, met Deb, knew her family for a long time when she was a teenager. Uh, met Deb because she wandered into church because her daughter insisted on going to church. She was homeless, and she had uh, an 18-month-old, and I think she was eight or nine. I can't remember exactly how old she was, but Olivia was all about Jesus, and she wanted her mom to be about Jesus, and so she asked them to go to church, and Deb came. When Deb came, my dad met her, and they were sitting right on this row, and they would sit the same place, and my dad would greet her every Sunday morning, and he would say to me, you need to meet this girl. And eventually, I made my way around to saying to her, I will make an appointment with you and come see me in the office. And we had a very first meeting where she told me she needed help. And where I said to her, okay, you need help. Tell me what you have not finished that you need to finish. And what'd you say? Everything. It's true, you did say everything. I, I said, well, narrow it down to one thing that you could finish if we would help you. Um, I had started school, but I, I was taking a break. I was taking a break from school. A long break? Yeah. A forever break? Two year, three year. And you weren't headed towards school, right? No. Um, we invited Deb to come and move into a residential program with her kids, and uh, because she was fleeing an abuse situation, I told her she could not tell her husband where they were staying. 
And uh, eventually he came to Massachusetts anyway, looking for them. And um, he never found out where they were living, but he began to pursue having an opportunity to have his children. And on his first overnight opportunity for his um, having his kids, um, with just two little kids, he um, had a fentanyl overdose and died. And uh, it was real sad. His daughter had to call to let people know that, that he wasn't living. She wasn't sure about that, but imagine being nine years old and your dad is not living and you're taking care of your little baby brother. And it was hard. So Deb was in this program, loved her husband, you know, people love people that aren't good for them because they love them because they're people, right? Um, loved her husband and really sunk into a... She, she was struggling to partner with this. Tell us a little bit about what began to happen. I started to find ways to make myself feel better. So I started smoking cigarettes again. And which was dumb. Which was really dumb. And I, I wasn't allowed to smoke in this program that I was in. So I would smoke on like Tuesdays when I didn't have to go near Sherry or anyone else that I had to be accountable to. And then, then turned into Saturdays too. Just any day that I wasn't, I knew I wasn't going to be around her. So on a Saturday night, I was, I was sleeping. The Lord woke me up and the Lord said, when you see Deb, go to her and say, I know you're smoking. Which I did not know. So I was quite nervous about it because I had not smelled any cigarette smoke on her or anything, and I had no reason to think she was smoking. She was with me almost every day of the week, right? Yep, except for Tuesdays. Yeah. <laughs> so I went, came in right in the back of the building, and I said, come here. What she told me is the scariest word she's ever, <laughs> ever hears. Ever. <laughs> And I said, Deb, the Holy Spirit told me that you are smoking. And I said, oh my gosh, he did. <laughs> and then you said, yep. Yes. <laughs> and that began a forward process. Having patience when you are going is required. It's easy to say, you know what, get out, get away. That's what I thought you were going to say. You did? Yeah. Yep. Instead, the Holy Spirit told me to tell her this. I love you so much. Jesus loves you so much that he informs us of your sin so that we can challenge you to go be different. We can challenge you that his eyes follow you because he wants to bless you. He can watch you when you're getting in the middle of that plan. And he can tell your leaders to remind you that he's watching. So tell us where you're at now. So I finished school um, for ultrasound. I'm able to be more present for my children and the things that really were giving me anxiety and stress. I'm able just to give it to God now. Who pays your bills? I, I pay my own bills now. That's good. Oh. 
Oh, an ultrasound tech. That's what I graduated with. Yeah. Thank you, Deb. And Deb is my friend. And I watch her daughter at the Blessing Barn because she's worked there since she was little because we just had to bring her along, you know. But now she is the go-to person on Saturday, and I watch her, you know, Verna and I get to see her saying, welcome, have you been to our store before? Let me tell you what we do here. And she tells the story of Compassion New England. Going sometimes means stopping for broken for needy, for people that it requires your humility and your patience. If our church did not go corporately and purchase the Blessing Barn at 5 Hastings Street, which, by the way, you need a church to do, because they don't loan to someone who says, I'm part of the worldwide church, and I would love to purchase this building. Why do we need a corporate building with a corporate church? Because we can go together and we can make a difference together when we announce we are an address of the king. And because you guys as a corporate church voted to purchase that building, we have an address for compassion in our community. All over this area, people see me at, at Target and they go, hey, I love what Compassion New England does. I'm walking the streets of Boston. Someone's, someone's uh, chasing me down to say, oh, I heard you speak at the Beacon Hill Women's Forum, and, and it changed how I think about what I do with my daily life. We have an address for compassion in our community. When we see what's happening with Sandy Blatchley and all of her women coming out of prison, those Muslim women, Three more since she was here a couple Sundays ago have come out. And that tiny little safe house that we built is not big enough. And guess what? We also need to build another place for these little mamas to have babies because now they're going to have to have babies with all these women from prison because that's what we use that building for. You go corporately because you follow the leader, you listen to what you can do. If they tell you to bring socks, bring socks, not snacks. <laughs> if they tell you to pack work clothes, don't pack your suit. If they say work boots, don't bring your shiny shoes so that you can look good in your Instagram. What's the need? The need defines what we're packing. The platform is a sacred place, and I am not saying we don't need pastors and preachers and teachers, but I do want to tell you this. For me, this microphone, 
If I have to choose between this microphone and what I do, fixing toilets at the barn, this microphone's going down. Because I know what God has called me to for a go. What has God called you to, corporately and personally? Well, the first thing I want to say is our money, our money defines where our treasure is. When we give to God 10% and we think we're doing a great thing, I'm going to ask you to reconsider that because giving out of where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So giving matters. The second thing I want to say is time. If the corporate call of God is to be answered, you need to give your time. I'm going to ask Pastor Phil to come and close this time. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come and stand in front as he is coming to share with you. Thank you. Wasn't that a great word? Amen. A great word from God. And truth, truth is portable. You're going to be able to use this in every area of your life. We need to capture that image of being not only a family, but we must, uh, you know, thinking of you, Miriam, sitting here today. You know there's a big difference between being a family and being an army, right? It's very different. <laughs> if we're going to do what God wants us to do, we've got to go from being a family to being an army. Now, that doesn't mean we abandon family. Sure, we're still a church family. We're still brothers and sisters bearing each other's burdens. The family function doesn't get abandoned. But most churches never move from family to army. Because army has a different set of rules. And army is when we get under, and I know this in today's world sounds oppressive, but there's no, no getting around it. It's getting under command. You cannot have an army that functions if no one's under command. And so that's what this message spoke to me. So we're going we're gonna to do two very important things today. Um, does, there, does everybody have a pledge card? Because giving financially is the way we go where we can't go, but we're still called to go there. I'm still called to go to the Philippines and Davao City. I'm still called to go to the continent of Africa. I'm still called to go to the campus, even though I cannot physically go there. And I'm not called to physically go there, but I'm still called to go. So I do that by giving. Sherry and I have made our pledge. My goal is 100% that everyone in the room will make a pledge, not just about the money. It's about the spirit. And it's about the corporate go. So today we're going to ask you to do this differently. Does everybody have a card? Or no one has a card? Does anyone have a card? Okay, you do have a card. If you do not, if you do not have one, raise your hand. The ushers will get one to you. And here's what we're going to do. Uh, I want you to, I'm going to say a prayer, and I want you to pray about what God is telling you to pledge on a monthly basis. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the best way 
And I know some people would like to give it all at once. That's fine as well. We love, we appreciate that. So I want you to, I want you to take, this is someone's card. I won't show it to you. This is someone's card in the first service. So what we're going to do, the prayer partners are here to pray for your needs, whatever they are. Maybe you've crossed the line of faith. You want to follow Christ today. Maybe you have a financial need, an emotional need, a relational need. We care about that. God cares about that. So I want you to come over to the prayer partners and pray. But I'm also going to ask you to come forward with your card. And if you want to put your card down and then go over and be prayed for for something, you can do that. Or you can just go be prayed for. But I want everybody who hasn't pledged so far but want to today, I'm, first of all, I'm going to ask you to stand. And I'm going to say a short prayer. And uh, during that prayer... Uh, at the end of that prayer, you can fill out your card and bring it forward, as well as those of you who have needs today, you can come and be prayed for as well. Father, thank you for this beautiful word. Thank you for this challenge. God, I know every one of us, need. I needed it today, God. I need to be reminded that it's not about me and that my needs cannot always be the forefront or my, even my gifts that I want to display. My, my, my desire to teach is just really strong. God, sometimes I have to suppress that. Sometimes I put that aside and know that teaching another sermon or giving another talk or writing another article is really not going to help anybody. But they need me to serve them in a very different way or I need to support someone else's serving. So thank you for this good word, Father. I pray, God, you will lay it on our hearts. Let us let us move to that place of being that great going church that makes a difference all around the world. In Jesus' name, amen.